hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your Good morning, Hamilton. This is Rob Golfie with uh, Remax Escarpment, the Golfie team. Welcome to the Hamilton Real Estate Show with Rick Zamprin. Yes, good Saturday morning to one and all. Don't forget the website, robgolfie.com. You're going to hear it a lot over the next hour because it has a host of great information, awesome listings for you to peruse and uh, get in in the real estate market here in Hamilton and Burlington and Niagara, where Golfie gets it sold. RobGolfie.com, the website. Again, that's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call them anytime at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. They're all over social media. The Twitter and Instagram handle is at Rob Golfie. Be sure to like the Rob Golfie Facebook page as well. And subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you download your favorite podcast. If you have a question for the Golfie team or you'd like us to talk about uh, a topic that you would like to hear, you can email questions at robgolfie.com. That is questions at robgolfie.com. On today's episode of the Hamilton Real Estate Show here on 900 CHML, Rob's going to talk about uh, negotiations between realtors, face-to-face versus over the phone. We have a host of other uh, amazing things to get to as well, including our opening topic and uh, we talked about this last week, and, and you have delivered uh, a historical chart in terms of home prices in the uh, Realtors Association of Hamilton Burlington, uh, dollar volume, the average price, listings versus amount sold, and all going through it with a fine-tooth comb in terms of when recessions hit and how it affected home prices at that time and then in the future. So this is a very revealing chart in terms of not only looking towards or looking back at the past, but looking towards the future as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now this is this is intriguing. I mean, it's funny. So so it starts off from 1955 with in the, in the beginning. In the beginning. So <laughs> as far as back as they were recording. Yeah. So. In 1955, the average sale of a home in the Hamilton Burlington uh, area was ten thousand one hundred and sixty-two dollars. <laughs> you can't even get a car for that no, now. No. <laughs> you can't even get a used car for that. Yeah. So, wow. But uh, but anyway, so prior prior to 1955, um, there was a recession from 1950 to 51, hmm. and so I don't I don't have um, what the average sale price was from 1950 to fi- 1954. But there's a reason why I'm going to be talking about recessions. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I, I wanted to see how long does it take a house to double every, uh, so often. So, so from 1955 to 1968, uh, houses have doubled. Okay? The average price went average from about 10,000 to 21,000. To 21,000. Yeah. So, but there was a recession in 1960, 61. Mm-hmm. So, so there was a, but, but if you look at the recession, houses just, plateaued like they just kind of flatlined they didn't they didn't go up uh, they didn't go down right they just stayed kind of held their own just just hang on so so that recession was just like okay two years house prices are still selling 
Um, but less homes are selling. So right. just like just like what happened uh, uh, last year in two, uh, or in 2017. Mm-hmm. So there, there was a, 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 a steep decline in, in the amount of homes that sold, but house prices were still going. Yeah. So for example, 1957, uh, 1956 as well, 3,700 homes were sold in both of those years compared to the recession years of 60, 61, when only 3,000 homes were That's sold. Right. So th- there was a bit of a dip there. There was a bit of a dip. So so that, that spread there from 1955 to 1968 with a recession in the middle that uh, stagnated the prices and just leveled up, home prices doubled in 14 years. Mm-hmm. Now, we're talking uh, a, a, an era where there was no internet, there was no, uh, like, nothing. Technology did not exist. Technology right? did not exist. TVs coming in. That's right. Like, if you had to go and find somebody, you actually had to go to their house and knock yeah. on their door. Because if they weren't answering their phone. <laughs> exactly. So, so those, people did that, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Like, because they, you know, and then if you left a message with somebody back those days, you knew that you weren't going to get a call either later on that night or the next day. Right. Yeah. Not like now. You call somebody, they're calling you back every two minutes. Hey, exactly. How come you're not calling me back? That's the expectation, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> so house prices in 1968 uh, doubling to $21,000 from 1955, uh, and that's with a recession smack dab in the middle. So it took 14 years for house prices to double, but different story between 69 and 74. Yeah. So from 1969 to 1974, Houses doubled then, but that was only a six-year six-year spread. Yeah, was it much one, quicker. two, three, four, five, six? Yeah, six years. So that see, so that that's amazing. Like now, now the economy's going, things are rolling. Mm-hmm. A lot of immig- but now there's a lot of immigrants coming into the country during that time. Right. So, um, but they're flying in from this uh, from 1969 to 1974. Prior to 1965, they were coming in by boat. Right. So, 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 so a lot of immigrants are still coming in. So that. So that was six years, and then, uh, but but a recession hit from 1973 to 75 hmm. uh, in that in that time frame. Um, so, but but things were moving along. So, but not from 1975 to 1986. That's 11 years spread. Yep. With a recession from 1980. Now, <clears throat> people, if they, I didn't live through this recession 1980, but our our my parents would have. Interest rates were 22. percent so, so it was like it was like I find that amazing. It was like buying a credit. It was like having a credit card. Yeah, your, your house on a credit store. card. Yeah. So, can you imagine <laughs> going to the bank and say, "Well, we got a good rate for you right now. <laughs> we can do twenty one and a half percent, and if you lock it in for five years, I think you'll be good." Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, "I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great deal." Yeah. And you're bragging to everybody you got twenty one and a half percent on your on your uh, mortgage. Wow. So, so that those, those lot that, but houses were still strong. Like if you look at it, house prices in 1980. Still climbed. Mm-hmm. So, so again, so from 1975 to 1986, eleven years, houses doubled, and the and the recessions from 1981 to 82 with high interest rates. Right, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. The, the one number that really jumps. I mean, there's a lot of numbers that jump off the page here, but one especially. Uh, we have the recession from 73 to 75. The average price of a home in 69 is just over 23,000. It jumps to 42,000 in 1974 in the midst of the recession. But the one number that jumps out to me is just shy of 6,000 homes were sold in 1974. That jumps to 7,800 in 1975. 
five. So about an eighteen yeah. or really nineteen hundred uh, uh, jump on on, on the amount of homes. And and back then there wasn't that many realtors. Like, right. Like so they felt it. They they like like you know I mean there wasn't. I mean, like you go to a small town like Dundas, there might be one realtor there. Right. So he was yeah, just yeah. cleaning up. So, <laughs> so now, like, I mean, everybody's all over the place. Yeah. But that's but, really a historic number because all the while we have, uh, you know, 5,000, 4,300, 6,200 was a big spike. Yeah. But it was around that 5,000 kind of figure. And then all of a sudden, 7,800. It, it jumps. It jumps. Which yeah. More, is huge. more people are buying homes. More. So, and then, so now from 1987. Mm hmm. Okay, or nineteen, you know, nineteen eighty seven or nineteen eighty six. Uh, house prices. Look at this. House prices in nineteen eighty six were the average sale price was ninety two thousand four hundred ninety. Yeah. Now a year later, the average jumped for, to one hundred sixteen thousand. Let's say one hundred seventeen thousand mm-hmm. in in that one year. So that this is where from nineteen eighty five. If you bought houses in nineteen eighty four eighty five, and sold. In 1989, you would have cleaned house. You would have made a kill. You made, and it, actually, I did that. Did you really? I, I swear to God, I did that. Wow. Um, th- was that a bad thing to say? I swear? No, no. Okay, okay. <laughs> Sixty. So sixty-seven thousand in 1984. Let's just take that number. And if you were to sell in '89, you're selling for 168. You average. cashed out at the hundred thousand dollars. That's right. That's amazing. So I remember I bought um, 14 Chatham Street. I bought, I bought a lot of houses on, like, off of Lock Street, like Melbourne, yeah. Chatham, um, uh, uh, Tuckett, you know, Brettlebane or Brittlebane, whatever everybody's, and I was buying houses, uh, from 1985 to 1989. Wow. But I'll, I'll never forget the house, I, the one on Chatham Street I bought, uh, for a hundred thousand. And the guy before me, I think bought it for like, Eighty thousand or or whatever, but I bought it for a hundred thousand. I sold it eighteen months later for a hundred and was it forty five or one hundred forty seven thousand. <laughs> so I made forty seven percent on on my value months. of real estate. Not not a, let not forget about like how much money I put down yeah. for it. Like you're like you're you're quadrupling you know your wow. your your initial investment. But um, but I remember I remember that and that, and it, and once eighty nine. After 89, that was the peak. Everybody, I remember those days, everybody's wearing fur coats, driving Cadillacs, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, going to parties. And yeah. it was just like what you see on TV. Um, and then the recession hit. The recession hit. Yeah. That w- this was a biggie. That that recession was a long one. So if anybody is, uh, is born... Um, I think from uh, 1967 on, they would they would know it. I, I was I was a young guy at the time. I, I I was in business. I had real estate, and that recession from 1990 I think lasted till 1994 95. Right? Mm-hmm. It, like if you look here, look at like so 1990 they listed 36 thousand homes, they which only, is by far and away the highest figure to that point. Yeah. So. And then they only sold seven thousand. So a lot of which, realtors were starving. Which is the days. lowest figure since eighty two. So, so they were selling uh, almost like a third yeah. of what the houses uh, what, what was listed. And uh, you know, look, 1990, another thirty six thousand homes listed. Mm-hmm. Ninety two, thirty two thousand. It started climbing down, and then things started changing in nineteen ninety six. That's when things the market started climbing. Yep. Climbing back up. But if you go from 1990, so 1990, the average price of a home was 167, mm-hmm. right? And But ni- this is the only time in the history of, of 70 years that house prices went down. Yeah. So from 1990 to 1995 or 96, 
it went from 167,000 down to 155,000. And it didn't start climbing till 2000, mm-hmm. like the average price. If you look at that, yeah. that was a long, long recession. Yeah, from 90 to 95, especially, it went from 167, 162, 151, 144, 147, 143. And it wasn't until 1996 where it went up a little bit to 144. It started climbing back so up. So for a four or five year period, prices are going down. Listings are kind of in that 30,000 range. Sales are in that kind of 8,000 range. Dollar volume has gone down. Uh, That was a hard time. I remember that. And I know people that bought in the North End, they paid high prices in the late 80s. It took them 20 years before their uh, value caught up to the the price that they paid for their house. And I remember the development uh, at uh, uh, Fruitland Road there, that uh, big uh, marina, the, the, the... Marina there? Yeah, okay. That yep. the, People were paying huge amounts of money for that, and they were uh, they, they overpaid. It took them 20 years to get their money back. Wow. When we come back, we're going to go uh, post-2000 and see how the market recovered and uh, a couple of uh, recessions uh, in there as well. You're listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Homeward bound, I wish I was homeward bound. Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin here with Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. You can find them online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G O L F I.com. Call them anytime at 905 575 7700 at Rob Golfie on Instagram and Twitter. Be sure to like the Rob Golfie Facebook page as well. Some great videos, listings as well. And subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you get your. Your favorite podcast. And if you have a question for the Golfie team, you can send us an email, questions at robgolfie.com. Again, that's questions at robgolfie.com. Still to come, face-to-face or over the phone, how negotiations between realtors work. Rob has a couple of stories that he will share. If you missed our first segment, all about the historical chart in the Realtors Association of Hamilton Burlington in terms of the number of homes listed, how many were sold, what was the dollar volume, the average price. We're going through uh, decade by decade when uh, recessions hit and when home prices doubled. So they doubled between 1955 and 1968. That's a span of 14 years. They doubled again between 69 and 74, just a six-year span. There was an 11-year gap between uh, home prices doubling between 75 and 86. Uh, Big-time recession in 90 to 94, 95-ish, which uh, certainly affected home prices. But it took 15 years from 1987 to 01 before home prices doubled. That's yeah. that's the biggest gap that, to date. That, yeah, and that was uh, – so I don't know if we'll go through – usually recessions are, uh, are are about a year. So if you look – now, I, I if you look at the like 1950-51 recession, I, I, I mean, I, I didn't live through that or even the 1960, but – Online, it, it, it said it was one year. Right. Um, but the early 90s, it also said it was one year. But the early 90s, 
it was a long recession. Right. In uh, terms of, I think the the explanation or the definition of recession, it's you know two consecutive quarters of negative economic uh, right. I- impact or development. I guess theoretically, the one in the '90s could have been that, but it certainly was felt for a lot longer. It, it, it took a long time to recover, and and I think the same thing happened with the U- the U.S. on the 2008 recession. Right. Yeah. We didn't get hit as hard as they did, but but they they, they were took, devastated. They, they, it, they were devastated from that that recession, and we were lucky with you know our bank laws and everything that yeah. that we didn't get go through what they did. Yeah. So in the 90s, first time ever that uh, the average price of a home went down from $167,000 in 1990 to a low of 143000 in the mid-90s. But then uh, things start to pick up again. Listings kind of normalize at around twenty one, twenty two thousand 22000 Sales in about the 11000 10000 uh, uh, mark. And then in 2002, uh, you know, we're, we're back on the upswing. Yeah, we're we're back on the upswing. People are buying, and you know, economy's great, and and you can see house prices are going up. So so basically, from two thousand two to two thousand eleven, house prices pretty well doubled. There was a recession in two thousand and eight. Yep. Now now we were selling less, but house prices were still climbing mm-hmm. at, through that recession. Most recessions, house prices still either either they flatline or they st- or go up. Right. They except for the early nineties. So. You know, and I think that's the beginning of of our technological age that we're getting to. Because I remember I had uh, a computer back then. You know, you know, it's that DOS system. You know, like yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> you remember? <laughs> I remember. So, that. Um, so we, uh, so I remember. Um, so really, you couldn't look at listings online. Now things are fast. Yeah, everything's fast. So, so that took ten. So ten. That took ten years from two thousand two to two thousand eleven. Uh, ten years to uh, double. Now in two th- from two thousand twelve. I I I kind of did a, a a math thing based on five percent increase every year. So mm-hmm. we've got so from 2012 to 2018. So 2012, the average sale price was uh, 362,474. In 2018, it's 563,202. So I wanted to find out. Okay, if you bought a house in 2000, uh, let's say 11 or 12, 12, when will that double? I worked out the numbers based at five percent increase every year uh, after two, uh, starting from 2019. In 2023, the average sale price on a real estate board will be seven hundred and eighteen thousand five hundred forty-six. That's my prediction. <laughs> and thirty-three cents. And, 30, and thirty-three cents. That's it. <laughs> so, so if you buy a house, well, now, and the average sale price uh, now is probably about five hundred sixty thousand. In ten years, we're we're looking at over a million dollars for wow. for homes. Wow! So, um, you know, now I did a segment one time. You know, uh, you know, I, I I took the average of your investment with um, mutual funds mm-hmm. versus uh, real, real estate, estate. Yeah. and real estate outperformed uh, an invest uh, mutual fund investment. Now, the difference between uh, a mutual fund and real estate. Um, is that uh, it, it, you know it's safe? You know they got all these uh, companies uh, formed together, yeah. and and they and it, and it, and it's good. You you can make money, and and it, and it's, it's the safe way, as long as you're not dealing with uh, um, Bernie Crooks. Madoff, Bernie Madoff, yeah. <laughs> Bernie Madoff, <laughs> and uh, you'll 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 have a, a comfortable life. But if you want to fast track more, and we know that. Uh, uh, people that uh, have invested in real estate have become very wealthy, sure, yeah. especially if they bought more than one property. But especially not, if they went through the golfy team. That's right. Especially <laughs> if you buy through us, we will tell you what it's going to be worth yeah. uh, when you buy it. If you fix it up, what it's going to be worth in uh, six months. But it's not for everybody. But it's sometimes some, something like that, it's good to have somebody manage it for you. 
And sure. uh, so, so, so you have to you have to be very careful. So, the, the big difference too is, uh, you know, the investment in a mutual fund is considerably lower than a house. I mean, you can buy a mutual fund for you know fifty dollars a month, a hundred dollars a month, and That's kind right. of work it that way. That's right. But a house, uh, there's a lot more to it. Obviously. There is, but the reward is the, so much the, greater. The, the reward is bigger. So, so let, let, let's say this. So, during the last boom, you buy a house for three hundred thousand. Okay, so you need to put 20% down. You can even put 5% down if it's the first time. So yeah, let's say yeah. 5% down. On a $300,000 house, you got 15000 Now, if that house increased to 450000 so you just made 150000 mm-hmm. On a $15,000 investment. investment. Yeah. Not a bad gig. Yeah. You know, you know? So a mutual fund doesn't do that. No, no, not even close. It doesn't do that. So... You know, again, you know, there's people out there that can help you manage and stuff like that to, to take care of real estate for you. And I was just thinking, I go, you know what? I should open up a real estate fund and people can invest and, you know. And, I'm in. And then everybody can <laughs> benefit from the, reap the rewards. <laughs> so overall, it shows that in the last 60 years, there's been six recessions. Mm. So about and one every 10 years. One on every average. 10 years. But the only bad one was the early 90s. Yeah. And, for you know, if, you know. And I li- I lived through that and uh, but you but Rick I mean you're you're a little younger than me right mm-hmm. <laughs> but, just a little bit <laughs> a little bit but you you didn't even know there was a 2008 recession and I not don't really think many people I, you know, apart from being you know in the news and reading right. stories about it yeah and obviously the general public knew that there was a recession but yeah. I think us as Canadians all realized that because of as you mentioned the banking system that we have the parameters and the safeguards that we have here up north it was vastly different than what was right. happening in the states where people were losing their homes right. because you know these banks many of them private uh, you know institutions were saying yeah we'll lend you all this money and then you know they had to foreclose yeah. Oh no. Exactly. Exactly. So, but but if you look here, so the last recession went from 1990 to 94, 95, right? Right. The next recession was in 2008, nine. Yeah. It was only like an eight month recession, right? Nine month recession. That's a long spread. But it took about 20 years almost. Yeah. yeah. That's a long one. And I'm going to tell you something. I think if we do go through another recession, we're not going to feel it as much because. Mm. We're smarter technologically. We we can correct way things. more advanced. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I mean, house prices like house the way house prices have been going up. We thought, oh, it, it can't c- continue, but it has. Mm-hmm. And so okay, again, if there is one, it's going to flatline. It may adjust itself a little bit, and and then we just continue on. Right. So uh, the other interesting thing too about you know ninety to ninety, let's just call it ninety five. Yeah. Uh, in that recession is you know after that it was you know really the dawn of the cell phone. I know it was in existence prior to you know the recession, yeah, yeah, but still, the, cell, the only like larger companies yeah, would have them. The explosion kind of uh, yeah. you know erupted. You know the internet wasn't that far off, uh, and that kind of as we know has taken off. Interest so, rates were at thirteen percent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So things yeah. have really, I mean, really changed in terms of our society from 95 to now. I mean, it's not a uh, a long amount of time, but in terms of what has happened since, yeah. there's been a lot of technological oh. advancements. Oh, yeah, yeah. So like, so if you talk to my parents, they'll say, wow, 2.5% interest? Man, that's nothing. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they, oh, yeah. they came from an era where it was 18%, exactly. 22%. For me... Uh, in the early '90s, when I was young, I, I, you know, I had really, and I was renewing only every, I think it was an open mortgage every year, really, eh? because I, I, you know, and it was scary. You don't know if interest rates were going to climb. Was there a or lot of decrease. fluctuation? You know what? It, it was tough, and I know the difference when when I was living through that. I know the difference when interest rates are starting to drop. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you feel like, oh, I'm going to close oh, now. Well, it was like right? a $400 a month difference. Rick, <laughs> I'm telling you, it, 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 it made a – it's like you couldn't believe it. Yeah. Like, like the difference in interest rates, it, it killed a lot of people. Wow. It killed. Like – like you know, you're going from you know seven to to thirteen. It's like you, you're paying a lot of yeah. money on, on a month to month basis. That's that's a yeah. big, that's a big so, difference. So so even at uh, even at uh, you know four percent, even five percent interest. For, you know, I mean, we don't we're not used to it, mm-hmm. but it's still it's still not bad compared to what history had before. Yeah. Interesting stats in terms of the do- the dollar volume as well. Uh, so dollar volume in terms of total listings sold in 1955, where again the average price of a home was just ten thousand dollars. Dollar volume was twenty five million dollars. It hit um, one hundred million in 1967. So you know about twelve years or so. It hit. Uh, I'm going to get the 500 million. It hit 588 million in 1983. Another historic number. But it only took. Uh, one, two, three more years to go to a million in terms of dollar a volume. Billion. Or a billion, sorry. Yeah. No, that no, is a huge jump. Yeah, no kidding. In in three years? So yeah. from 1986, where it was just over a billion, it took until 2001 to hit two billion, hit three billion in 2004. Not, not that, it didn't take that long. Not that long at all. And then four billion in 2010, so just six years. Yeah. Five billion about three years after that. And now we're up to just over six and a half billion, which is less than last year's, or pardon me, 2017's seven and a half billion, which is the all time high. The, the, yeah, because a lot of houses were selling. That's People a lot of billions. Paying, yeah, that's a lot of billions. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Wow, it's amazing. I love I love these numbers, and um, but um, but yeah yeah. I just thought I, I thought this was important, and people want to know you know when house prices double. So overall, the average house if you buy it's going to double in ten years. So you buy a four hundred thousand dollar house today, and ten years from now it's going to be worth you know right around the eight hundred thousand dollar mark. That's so you, you built some good equity there. One of the other things that and you alluded to this during the recession years, especially ninety to ninety five is you know there was about thirty six or twenty nine thousand uh, homes listed, but only about eight or nine thousand were being sold um, in two thousand eight, the last recession, twenty thousand homes listed, eleven thousand just shy of twelve thousand yep. were sold. so about fifty percent compared to you know. 25, 30% that's in right. the 90s. That's right, that's right. Um, 2016, 65% of the homes listed were sold. That's a gargantuan that, number. Uh, uh, exactly. I can't, it's, it's amazing these numbers, uh, what, what they're coming through. Yeah. 2016 was a good year. It was the, a good year. Uh, late 2016 into 2017, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It really picked up steam. A uh, couple minutes left in this segment. Uh, uh, again, thanks for bringing these numbers in. I'm, uh, as I said, I'm a huge stats guy and always uh, like to dive into that. But let's dive into negotiations. Um, when realtors get together, sometimes it can be uh, amicable. Sometimes it could be contentious given the, you know, the specific situation. Um, talk about negotiations and those face-to-face versus over the phone. Sometimes, you know, if, if you're representing a buyer and um, sometimes it's good to um, ha- represent your offer to the other agents, the seller agent. And it doesn't happen all the time because we know we're in a technological age. You know, everything's done by uh, emails and, right. and text messaging. Text messaging. But um, so I was on a house in Ancaster, and um, so um, um, we um, the agent came to the house, which is fantastic, and he presented his offer. And uh, you know, I, I coached my client what to say, not to say, and I read the offer, and then we kind of like. Um, and it's funny though, um, we kind of look at each other. It's almost like a movie, like you know, it's like the <laughs> it's like a Clint Eastwood movie. 
yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, the uh, so we're kind of looking at each other eye to eye and trying to figure out what he's thinking. And he's thinking what I'm saying, thinking, and we're not saying anything. And then I'll say, okay, can you go outside? I need to talk to my client. Um, so it went back and forth a little bit, but it was actually it's it's actually nice to be agent face to face. It doesn't happen that often. But if 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 you can do it, it's 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 a good thing. Usually, the agent meets with the client at right. their house, and the other agent emails the offer. But I think it's it's great if if the both agents can be face to face, work in there with the uh, with the client, and see what the mm-hmm. what, what the outcome can be. The outcome for us it was good because we got a hundred percent of the uh, asking price, wow. and I got a feel. You get more of a feel of of the other uh, the buyers, uh, what their intentions, what they're from. And and it kind of gives you a little bit of negotiations of mm-hmm. uh, power and stuff like that. Is the face to face very rare nowadays because uh, of technology? Um, it, no, it's uh, it still happens, but it's some agents just don't want the other agent there, like the listing agent, right? And and I I, I do it either way. I, I um, if 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 I have an agent says, hey, I want to present, I go, no problem, we can do it. We set up a time mm-hmm. and uh, and they can present their uh, present their offer. Uh, because they may feel that they can get uh, better negotiations, you know, explain who their clients sure, are, where yeah. they're coming from, and it's pretty good. But I, I found as if you're if you're a buyer, okay, now uh, now with all the negotiations I've done over the years, and I've got a lot of experience. If uh, a lot of the times, if a buyer is putting an offer in a house, they want that house more than the seller wants to sell. Hmm. So if a strong negotiator will push that the other agent and this buyer uh, to the closest to the, to the top dollar as much as possible. And but if an agent is weak on the listing side, the seller side, then you uh, you you can end up losing. So you got to be careful. Like like I'll tell you the the key thing is when you hire an agent, make sure they've got you know they got good negoti- good negotiations mm-hmm. and, and experience. And the one thing is a lot of times my agents they'll call me and they're in the middle of a deal. They will call me and say, "Hey, Rob, I'm I'm in the middle of a deal. I'm working with the, this agent. Can you tell me?" So I'll, I'll try to find out if I've done a deal with this mm-hmm. agent before. I, I know his track record, right. and then uh, and then and it'll it'll benefit us because we got a little bit of history yeah. and we're stronger negotiators. And you get the deal done. Yeah, robgolfie.com is the website. Don't forget, Golfie gets it sold. Lots more to come here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio today with Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. You can call them anytime at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. The website is robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. At Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram. And be sure to like the Rob Golfie Facebook page. If you have a question for the Golfie team or you'd like to recommend a topic idea, 
idea for a future episode, email questions at robgolfie.com. That email address is questions at robgolfie.com. And also, subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you download your favorite podcast. Past episodes are on robgolfie.com and 900chml.com. So I was thinking yesterday, uh, you know, besides the great stats that you have today, what else should we talk about? One of the things that I've always been intrigued about is the different... Um, uh, clusters of clientele that you deal with, whether it's millennials, uh, first-time homebuyers, people who have bought before and are moving for you know the seventh, eighth, ninth time, and retirees, because they're all looking for something a little bit different, aren't they? Yeah, and and, and it's it's hard to find out, you know. Like when they're look, when you're talking about when they hire a real estate agent, yeah, right? yeah, because a millennial will want something that's very different than someone who's buying right. for the fifth that's time, right. right? That's right. So, um, we just got to search it out and you know try to figure get a feel. Once we take, uh, let's say, a, a, a client through um, a few houses, we start to understand what where they're coming from, where they're coming from, what they like, and because what they'll do is they'll say, "Hey, oh, I really like this, but I'm not a really big fan of right. of, of this room or, or how this is situated." So then all of a sudden, what, you know, it's kind of uh, you're gathering uh, information. Intel, and in, yeah. It's called intel. You're gra- gra- you know gathering in, intel- intelligence to find out. Okay, we're finding exactly what the, this person, mm-hmm. this couple's liking, and then we slowly narrow it down, narrow it down. Yeah. And then we end up finding the right. So place. all the while, you have like a mental checklist of yeah. you know they they like an open concept you know they're, they're not huge on uh whether the kitchen is uh, in, in needs of update or That's not right. and then you yeah. can kind of mold yeah. your, your, your search to, yeah to like open needs. concept versus you know clo- like the older homes you know yeah. people want to open up all the walls and just you know have one big open concept and um but yeah you, you you definitely get to know uh the client really well and what they're looking for you know if, if it's dated and we know you know we, we got to look at stuff more newer right. more, or more updated um it, it and millennials they prefer everything updated they don't yeah. like they want to move in and you know, low maintenance, right? Low maintenance. Just go in and and they'll live there, and they'll live there probably five to ten years, probably less, you know, around five years, and they'll probably do nothing and go on to the next house, and then go on to the next house. Mm-hmm. They're always going to buy new. So, um, so down the road, somebody has to update these houses, right? Right. So sometimes, you know, if a millennial's uh, putting a house up for sale, we'll tell them, listen, if you can paint this and do this and do this. We might be able to get you more money, and so they're actually getting it ready for the next, <laughs> the next <laughs> buyer. Over, and the yeah. next buyer comes in, and he's going to stay there for five years yeah, if, it's a, yeah. if it's a millennial or a Generation X or whatever they call these generations. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's getting tougher, and that's why there's a lot of people, you know, they're flipping homes. Uh, you got the investors, and and the millennials are buying them because mm-hmm. they're all done. They're you know, nothing to do but move in. Uh, who is the hardest to um, narrow down in terms of what they want? Is it that millennial buyer? Is it that you know thirty five to fifty age group? Is it the retirees? Um, it's yeah, like it's the retirees know they got the money, they can do whatever they want to change the house. Right. So that that's not a problem there. Um, it, it's the, uh, but they're probably going into their last home, right? They are. And, and it's obviously a bungalow. Yeah. And, um, and they just want everything on one level and, uh, and they know it's expensive because other retirees are doing the same thing. Right. So that, now they're, and they talk. So that buyer pool of retirees, they have cash. Mm-hmm. So now that because of that, 
the bungalows have gone up in price dramatically yeah. because they're all bidding against each other. So that's why that you know the bungalows are are a great commodity. If you own one, fantastic. Mm-hmm. But to buy one, if you're a millennial, it's 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 it, really not worth it. It's it's too expensive. Yeah. It's too expensive. Um, so there there's always um, you have to really look. And if something comes up, you got to jump on it fast before you get a retiree jumping on it. Yeah. And then because he he can go and pay a hundred. And and the difference with retirees, they don't care if they overpay sometimes. Right. They just want a house. They don't want to go around, especially the uh, the men. They don't want to go around look at twenty <laughs> houses. They just want. You know, the, if 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 his if, there, his if wife, the wife is happy, says, she's happy. He'll he'll say, okay, done. And, and and you're trying to negotiate with him, and he'll say, Rob, I don't care. Whatever you want, I don't care. I don't want to lose this house because that means I have to look at another twenty, and I'm not interested. So yeah. he'll so they'll. Buy, I ha, I've had retirees do that. Wow. They go. I I had one guy. He was a retiree, and I'll never forget how he said it. We sold his house. It was on. 10 acres and everything. It was a lot of work. <laughs> and then I go like, and I said to him, I go, you're paying 15000 more than it's worth. He goes, Rob, I don't care. He goes, this is the last house I'm in. <laughs> I go, yeah. And, and, and I, I'll never forget that. I'll wow. never forget. He didn't care, but he did not want to look at any more houses. And he says, this is fine for me. Right. I'm okay. So the extra fifteen grand was worth it. Well, yeah. So it's it's, it's 10 years later, so it's probably worth t- double now. Yeah, so. definitely. <laughs> so he's not worried. I don't think he's worried about it. Uh, so. The, so if retirees are kind of easy because they, you know, the, the money's probably not an object, at least for many of them. That's right. Would the millennials be the the, the toughest? Yeah, millennials are tough. They're um, you know because they, things have to be a certain way. Right. Um, you know, again, millennials grew up having everything, <clears throat> so they yeah. want everything when they buy, right? So they want everything updated and uh, and everything done and fixed mm-hmm. like and if it's not they're just going they're off well, to the next you know place. what the smallest thing it's amazing they'll, they'll write in the uh, offer oh you know the dripping tap we want fixed you know <laughs> <laughs> well, you know the doorknob so that's loose uh, we yeah. want that tightened you know bolted you know like screwed tighter yeah, and, yeah. yeah all little it's amazing the little things wow. yeah uh lots more to come here on the hamilton real estate show on 900 chml Last go round here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio today with Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. You can find them online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G O L F I.com. Call them at 905 575 7700. That's 905 575 7700. At Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram. Be sure to check out the Rob Golfie Facebook page. Some great videos, listings, a host of other awesome information. And be sure to subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you download your favorite podcast, past episodes on robgolfie.com and 900chml.com. And if you have a question for the Golfie team, you can send us an email, questions at robgolfie.com, questions at robgolfie.com. You were talking about uh, millennial buyers in our previous segment. I have a, a list of must-haves to sell to millennial home buyers. Let's see how many of these you've come across. Okay. Updated kitchen and bath. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, right? absolutely. Because it's expensive to to update those for sure, and that's something that I think appeals to you know any age group really. Big kitchen, open floor plan. 
yes. think that makes sense to most yeah, people as yeah, well because nowadays. They can too. have all their friends over and they can you know sit down have parties because they like to to party. They like to entertain. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here's where it gets I think a little bit different in terms of age groups. Home office. Not everyone wants a home office. Y- you know what? To get a home office, uh, it's a luxury nowadays. Well, isn't it? if it's a three bedroom house and a, and a, a millennial couple's moving in, they'll they'll, they'll convert one, one of the bedroom bedrooms into a home office. office. But it's hard to get a, a home office. You're looking at a house that's at least. 2,700 square feet plus. Right. You know, you know how they have a little home office on the yeah. uh, the entrance on the side there? Yeah. Which yeah. used to be the den. Remember the That's den? That's right. That's the den. Whatever yeah. happened to the den? Yeah. The, now it's the, the home office. Yeah. It's Yeah, exactly. Uh, good location. I mean, this appeals to anybody. <laughs> yeah. Location is important. You mentioned this. Low maintenance. Yeah. They don't want anything to do. They just, you know what? If they can get a townhouse and it's all concreted in the back, they're happy. They just put a, a table and umbrella. <laughs> they don't need the lawn. <laughs> They'll put a table and umbrella in the backyard and they're That's all set. It, eh? yeah. Wow. Uh, technology, and this obviously makes a lot of sense for millennials, um, uh, namely a strong cell phone internet reception area. So they yeah. don't want to live in an area that is a dead zone in terms of technology. You know what? Especially, you know, that uh, uh, if you live by the lake, sometimes you get that. Like, like I have a friend that um, uh, I, 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 I hang out with. Uh, we have uh, espressos. And I, I'm in his... I'm sitting down at his table. I'm like, I can't. And you got no reception. And I'm trying to tell him, hey, oh, did you see this on on uh, on uh, Google? I can't even Google anything. <laughs> so, <clears throat> excuse me, but no reception or anything. So you need good. Um, uh, you need to have your Wi-Fi or your yeah. uh, rotor. But the thing is, if you're even a cell phone, if somebody's calling you, you'll go like this. Somebody will say, I tried calling you and, and, uh, and went right to voicemail. And then and as you leave, you go, oh, my God, you got three messages on your voicemail or whatever. <laughs> you never heard yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another must-have to sell to millennial home buyers: energy efficiency. They find that out after they move in. <laughs> they don't <laughs> Why really is ask my about that. So long? They, yeah, some of them ask about it, but usually the newer homes are energy right. uh, efficiency. So, but uh, but yeah, they uh, they you know especially if. if it depends where they come from. Like, right. it, it, you know, their parents may say that because their parents may live in an old house and, yeah. you know, they have an old furnace, uh, no right. insulation. So they've been warning them about yeah. the, you know, yeah. the high bills. But they're not necessarily looking for those solar panels or, you know, the Nest thermostat. If they see it, they, they're obviously oh, going to like it yeah, because they yeah. appreciate the technology. Exactly. Uh, the reality TV effect or staging. And you guys have your own staging unit now. We have our own team. staging company that we stage houses uh, so it doesn't cost our clients any money. Um, yeah, it, I mean, f- when people are looking at it and um, buyers, when they're, um, you know, viewing the home, they go, wow, the, you know, the, I, the stager knows how to set up a room mm-hmm. uh, how to make it look comfortable and usable at the same time. And so now they can picture themselves. We had, you know, some people want to buy our furniture with it. We have no problem because our, all our furniture is new. It's never sat in. Right. Basically, it's just it's just for staging. You know, I just look at my cost, what we paid, and then we just buy more furniture yeah. and then we go from there. Well, wow. uh, keep those condo fees costs down. That's a tough one because here's the thing when you buy a brand new condo. Everybody doesn't – people don't know this, and they don't realize this till after. You go and buy a, 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 a a condo off a you know a developer and it's going to be built in three years. Okay, fantastic! You're excited that you know the condo's ready for you to move in in three years, and they and they tell you your condo fees are going to be about two hundred dollars a month, mm-hmm. right? Which is fine. It's affordable. You can do it. After about a year, after about a year, you're in there. They're raising the condo fees right. because there's some special thing they got to do, and 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 it affects their household income like level, like mm-hmm. their expenses for sure, and it's tough. So. I, my opinion, it's always I'd rather buy a condo that's been there for at least three to five years. Then you know your condo fees are good. 
you know. Be but, more stabilized. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, in terms of the uh, must-haves to sell to millennial homebuyers, online photos. Obviously, if you have those professional photos, that's going to go a long way. It, it will. It, exactly. Um, if you have nice photos and you got some, you know, video and everything, they're looking at that. And you'll, you'll get them to come out. You get them to come out. You got to show a lifestyle video. And uh, it's uh, it, it's all important. That's all about you know getting the millennials there to look at uh, to look yeah. at your home. Uh, we're going to see a lot more millennial buyers, so obviously they're going to be looking at a lot more of these things. The next generation might be a little harder to predict in terms of what they want. It yeah. might be we'll along the out. same lines. We'll though. figure it out soon. Yeah. We'll they're certainly not going to be in the retirees section because no. they're going to have even less money, I think, than millennials to, to spend. Yeah. Well, well, what's going to happen is the next generation are going to be the grandkids of the baby boomers. Exactly. So it it, it's, it, it depends on you know the money that's left from the people that yeah. inherit the money. In- inheritance will be a big discussion. The, yeah, the biggest transfer of wealth is happening right now. Wow. Uh, Rob, thanks for coming in. Enjoy the rest of your week. And uh, thank you all for listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show. We're back next Saturday at 9 on 900 CHML.